Welcome to the Find Your Awesome podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott. I'm an intuitive human design reader, a certified professional coach, and an instigator of joy. And I'm so excited you're here. Thank you so much for listening. And I'm also really excited about this week's episode. It is another conversation, the third conversation with my friend, Jesse Klein. Jesse is a fellow human design reader, and together we nerd out on all things human design. So if you are even a little bit interested in human design, or if you are all the way down the rabbit hole, guess what? You're in the right place. We're here to play. And one of the things Jesse shares in this episode is she just she leans into that gate 26, the ability to say things so beautifully. And she walks us through the manifesting generator's process of starting things, of making a decision. And in that conversation, I mentioned that I had been thinking about starting this community called the Joy Pod. And that I really I realized I needed to start it to to know if it was right for me. There's another way to do that. I, so it's called visualizing in the human design space, but I'm going to say it's more feeling into it. So I was feeling into this community and feeling that the 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 community that I pictured, the play of human design, the conversations, the constant conversations about experimenting with our human design about leaning into certain gifts and how we can just use our human design to experience ease, joy, freedom, play, all the things. That felt so fun to me to be constantly interacting with others in this human design space. I was really focused on that and I thought I had done the the feeling into it, but I missed something. And I realized that shortly after this conversation with Jesse. I've been off social media for two and a half months and it feels fantastic. I have right now, I don't know, I can't, I'm not going to predict the future, but I'm going to tell you that I'm not going back to social media today. And when I felt into, oh, I'd be online regularly, I'd be, it would feel like I had to be online regularly to be managing and interacting with this group. And when I felt into that, I felt my chest just tighten. I felt this weight on my shoulders. It did not feel good. And that's when I realized, oh, this isn't for me. So for manifesting generators, there's visualizing the thing. And then there's other pieces of the puzzle that it's really important to feel into as well. I hope that's helpful for you. And well, if it's not, leave it. Okay. Now a couple other orders of business before we get into this episode with Jesse. If you want to schedule a human design reading with me, whether an individual reading or a partner reading, you can do that at kelseyabbott.com slash human design. And I've got a brand new offer that I'm really excited about. They're called human design playdates. And these are one-on-one 60 minute sessions These are for, it's not a reading and it's not a partner reading. And this is not coaching. If you want coaching around living aligned to your design, that's called alignment coaching. And you can get that at kelseyabbott.com slash human design. If you want a reading, as I just said, kelseyabbott.com slash human design. Now, if you want a human design play date, this is for you. If you've got questions about human design, this is for you. If you want to learn to read human design charts for your friends and family. We just 
hop on Zoom and play for an hour. If you want one of these, they aren't on my website yet. So contact me. And with that, let's get into this episode with Jesse. As always, I love you. Go forth and be awesome. I'm so excited you're back. I love playing human design with you. Oh, I love this so much. We always have the best conversations. We do. And then we, we don't talking. remember what we talk about. <laughs> I know. And then we get to talking before we record and we always say, we should be recording this. Exactly. <laughs> so, well, yeah, I was going to say, so we tried to be a little preemptive today and that doesn't really work, but we did just talk about talking about cognition and well, I shared, I tried to watch Hamilton last night and I've got taste cognition. So I watched it. It was super intense, watched like 10 minutes. And then we made dinner and I tried to eat dinner while watching Hamilton. And I couldn't because I was digesting the words in this show with my mouth. And then where, where do I put the food? (laughs) So funny. Yeah, it's wild. Cognition really is our superpower sense. And it's how we take in the world around us. And it's how we take in things that we're reading, things, shows that we're watching, conversations that we're having. And that's also, of course, more tangibly how we take in food. And my cognition is feeling, which is that like spidey sense. It's not tangible feeling, but it's that, that ability to read the room, to know the energy of the room, to, you know, you just have a feeling if a certain food is for you or not. It's kind of like I have random cravings for things and I have to go with it. And I have found recently that I can't eat at the same time that my mom and I are having an intense conversation because if it elicits certain intense feelings in me, like grief or anger, um, I'm not adequately equipped to digest the food at the same time. So it's really, it's really fascinating how it all plays out. Isn't it great how our bodies protect us? Like, no, 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 no eating. Totally. And I even just, I made an Instagram story about this this morning that our sensitivity truly is our superpower. And I think what happens a lot of time as we start on our deconditioning journey is we can get discouraged because we feel like we're becoming more sensitive to things, but that's actually not what's happening. What's happening is your body is becoming more equipped at telling you what's healthy for you and what's not. Yes. And, and once we see what is for us and what is not for us, it's so easy to like, once you see it, okay, I'm done with that. Totally. And it's kind of like, uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, like when you are starving or you're fearing for your survival or you need shelter, you're not going to be as focused on your relationships and career accolades and all those things. And so, For me, what I've realized recently is I'm not sleeping very well and I'm very sensitive right now to EMFs and blue light and screen time and all those things. And, you know, and I look back on my journey two years ago when I was really burnt out working my job, you know, 50, 60 hours a week, I had no trouble sleeping. Um, So to some people that might seem like I'm taking a step backwards, but actually to me what's happening is at that time in my life, I was in survival mode. So my body didn't care if I was you know, my body didn't care how many EMFs I was taking in or how much blue light I was taking in. It was just needing, it was so physically exhausted that it just needed to sleep. So it just shut down. But now because I'm shedding away many layers, like you and I were talking about before we started recording, we're shedding so many layers right now. As I continue to shed the layers, my body is giving me another, 
uh, another opportunity to up level. Yeah. Something else. <laughs> because it's like, by the way, also this is not for you. Yeah, exactly. And I think people think the same thing too, is they're healing their guts. Like, oh my God, now I'm like allergic to everything. Mm, maybe your body is just saying, not this, not now. Exactly. Like as you clean up your diet more, it's also the same way you don't crave sugar anymore. You don't crave the crappy stuff anymore. Your body doesn't want it. And that's the epitome of the sacral response to me too. Mm -hmm. It's like, as you start saying no to all those things you said yes to all these years that really weren't for you, then you start really being sensitive to your sacral response. Yeah. The same thing with my splenic response too. Like the more I start really listening to it, the more specific it gets. Oh, like, so what does that feel like? I mean, cause I've got the splenic response too, but I've got it. I mean, cause I've got the whole row of emotional wave, sacral response, splenic response. I know. That's so, that's so cool. I love that. I would <laughs> and love confusing that. sometimes. I would love to know how that feels for you. But for me, I never like to tell people exactly how the splenic response is going to feel because I think it's so different from person to person. So usually when I talk to somebody who's especially splenic authority and I explain to them, you just know things and you have this spontaneous clarity in the moment and your body gives you a signal or it whispers to you or it, you know, it talks to you in a certain way and you recognize it as this is my, this is my intuition or this is my instincts, then you have to go with it. Usually people just know what that means. Um, and it's a little different for everybody. I talk to people who say that their splenic response almost is like a vision that they have. Some people say it's like, you know, it's that saying of like, oh, I smell a rat, like things just smell off to me. Um, for me, it's again, I think maybe because I have cognition feeling, it's just feeling that I get. It's like a spidey sense. It doesn't really come to me in words unless um, it's something like really, really big that I think my splenic response is trying to make sure I don't miss. Then I think my splenic response almost screams at me sometimes. I know they say that the spleen like, is this like little whisper and it whispers once. But I don't really agree with that because I think the spleen is spontaneous awareness in the now moment but it's always going to be available to you in the now moment it's just that for moment to moment like the butterfly effect we're kind of like going down a different reality so if you check in with it with one reality it may be a yes and then if you check in the next moment it may be a no and that's just because things have shifted a little bit so it's telling you okay according to the reality that you have now uh, aligned yourself with, this is now the next most appropriate aligned decision for you. And I know that's getting a little bit out there and esoteric, but I, I see the splenic response as something that's very individual, very, just very intimate, depending on the person. And for me, it's a feeling. Mm. I think for me, it's, <clears throat> uh, sometimes I, I hear things, but mm. it's a knowing. Mm. Sometimes a hearing. I'm supposed to be able to actually like smell things out. I'm not mm-hmm. so sure about that. Like I can smell. I'm very sensitive smeller. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I'm the one that's like, oh my God, what's that smell? And everyone else is like, what? I don't smell anything. And I'm like gagging on it. Um, and it's a superpower in terms of I have a super sniffer when it comes to smelling wine. Mm-hmm. But... Other than that, I haven't figured out how to use it in an intuitive sense at all yet. I love that. I don't have a gift of smell. 
<laughs> well, sometimes that would be a good thing because I smell some really bad things sometimes. Oh, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Um, all right. So the other thing we got excited about talking about is taking back our power. Mm-hmm. Being in our power. And this com- this is this goes with shedding stuff. Yeah. Shedding all the stuff that's not for us, the funny little ways that we give our power away. Oh, this is kind of related to that. I had an experience recently where I was going to, well, another coach wanted to barter with me and she was like, Hey, I'd love to do a human design session. Do you want this specific kind of coaching session? I'm like, tell me more about it. So she tells me more about it. It sounds fascinating. Mm -hmm. I was super curious about it. Mm -hmm. I sat with it for a few days and I never got a sacral yes. Mm. And so I declined it, but I found it so interesting that in a way, if I had let my curiosity lead and my fascination, I would have said yes. Mm -hmm. So how many times in the past have I said yes to something because it really did interest my head? Yeah. But my body didn't say yes. Mm. That's so fascinating. I so relate to that where there are times when I'm really intrigued by something. And so I say yes to it, even though my spleen is saying no. And then, um, and then of course I always regret it or I always see later after the fact, um, why my spleen said no to it. And it was a lesson, but I think that's something, again, that's the conditioning of the mind and especially you know, people like you and me, Kelsey, where we're so curious and we want to learn so many different things. Um, it can be easy to get wrapped up in that desire of wanting to know the, you know, wanting to further our knowledge and feeling like we need to know more in order to be worthy or, or in order to feel whole. Mm-hmm. Um, but what happens a lot of times for me when I have that experience, Kelsey, is once I say yes and I start learning from that person or I read the book or whatever, even if my spleen didn't really tell me, didn't really give me a yes, is like as I'm reading or as I'm listening, I go, oh, like I already do this or I already know this or I'm already teaching it this way. Um, And I think that's also part of being the six line because you and I are both six lines is we, like you said so beautifully, we project sometimes our wisdom outside of ourselves in order for us to later realize that we had it within ourselves the whole time. I did that for a few years when I first got into like right after coaching school when I was first like solidly in this personal development space. Um, I had a lot of friends who were intuitive and I would get readings from them. And I was always like, I knew that mm-hmm. I knew like, mm-hmm. I want to know everyone else is so excited with this brand new information. And I'm like, yeah, I know. And they're yeah. like, yeah, Kelsey, that's cause you can do this. And yeah. that, of course, because I also believe that our sun personality gate, which for me is 57, which is to be intuitive for other people. Mm-hmm. I, I think that that sometimes is the thing that we almost resist the most. Mm. We're like not, it's almost, I don't love the idea of imposter syndrome, but I feel like it kind of aligns with imposter syndrome. Like, wait, who am I to be super intuitive? Who am I to... Mm-hmm. Like, 
it's like a worthiness thing. Yeah. It's like a worthiness and like a confusion. Cause I don't know what it's like to be, I only know what it's like to be in my intuition. I don't know what it's like for other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have goosebumps. I so relate to that because my personality son is in gate 58, which is the gate of joy and vitality and having this like childlike playful energy to you. And I often feel like I often feel like I have to be serious about certain things and I project that joy and that childlike playfulness onto other people and I admire it in other people. And it's so funny because I had a friend tell me recently that we admire in other people what we hold in ourselves. Mm -hmm. So we can't recognize something in somebody else unless we hold that energy within us already. And I was like, oh. That just hits, that just hits me on a deep level. Yeah. I I remember when I first learned that knowing like, oh, you see something that you really like in someone else. Guess what? You have it in you. Yeah. Just turn the mirror around. Yeah. And sometimes it's the, the not so, uh, not so enjoyable opposite where we see qualities in other people that we get triggered by. And then we realize, Oh, that's an opportunity for me to look at that in myself and in, in myself and heal that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Every, everything we see. Well, it's interesting that we call it a trigger when it's something that like annoys us. Mm-hmm. And yet when it's something that we love in someone else, we don't call it a trigger, but it's, it's kind of the same, same. That's so true. We need like a neutral. Yeah. A neutral connotation. Word. Yeah. I don't know. It's a, I don't know. Words. I know. I I found this the other day with uh, a reading that I was giving. This woman had um, the gate 39 in a few different places in her chart, which is all about provo- provoking people with consciousness. And she was like, that just doesn't sound appealing. And I'm like, no, but you you provoke people so that they can be the best version of themselves. And it's not just provoking them into negative stuff it's also provoking them into their positive attributes as well it's like it's like pulling it out of people yeah I always think of that gate as waking people up yes like yeah giving people a flashlight I love that when I think of that gate too I think of that person in your life who like kind of teases you and pokes fun at you um and they're doing it not to annoy you but to like reveal something in you Hmm. Do you have people with that gate in like close to you? Yeah, I have it personally. And then my best friend and business partner, Wind, has it. She's, uh, she's left angle cross of upheaval. So she has it in her incarnation cross. And that's basically what she's here to do in life is she's here to kind of like shake things up and wake people up. Um, and she's totally, she totally embodies it and loves that about herself. And she's one of the most loving human beings, but she also is so living in her truth and her design. Um, so yeah, she's a great example of somebody who provokes people, but does it with love and wakes them up. And especially in my life, she had, I, my life has completely transformed and I've seen myself live so much more in alignment with my truth since just being around her. Well, yeah. So I used to call this, I don't have gate 39, but I used to call it giving a unicorn bitch slap, which was, (laughs) That term was actually coined by a former client of mine who thanked me for giving her a unicorn bitch slap once because I was like, yo, you have all of these abilities, like kind of wake up, 
and see it for yourself. Yeah. And that's what 39 is for me. You have the best analogies. I am totally <laughs> stealing that. <laughs> like the one about you're one about reflectors being disco balls. I use that all the time. Because that's what they are. Totally. I don't see them as anything else. I guess you could see them as a sponge, but that feels icky. Yeah, it's so cute. My One of my good friends, Ash, is a reflector. Her husband, Matthew, is a manifester, and they run a couple of businesses together, and they teach courses. And the other day, I was in on a workshop with them. And they always joke because before they head into a workshop, Ash will always tell Matthew, oh, like, I'm just feeling so tired. You're going to – you just, babe, you just lead for me. It's going to be fine. And then they get in the workshop, and she's like, ah, oh, she just comes to life, and she's jumping out of her seat. She has all these things to say and to share. And um, I can tell uh, – I think before they knew their designs, Matthew may have, like, gotten a little angry about that. But now that they know that about each other, um, he just looks at her, and he's like, she's a reflector, and she's adorable. <laughs> It's like they need to plug in mm-hmm. and they plug into all the, when it's all the people, they plug into yeah. all the people, all that energy. They're very clutch. I think uh, what Ash has told me is that she can't really, she can't really plan and prepare how things are going to go ahead of time. She has to be really open to the second I get into the energy of that room, everything that I've planned is going to go out the window and I just need to be in alignment with what the group is needing at that moment. And that's such a practice of trust. Yeah. Cause that's as an MG, there are t- like, yeah, sometimes I don't know if I like something until I've started it. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to even like starting new programs or something, and even like the joy pod, which I realized I haven't talked about on the podcast at all yet. Um, but this new group human design playground that I'm creating, on Mighty Networks, like, I need people in there so I can find out if I want to do it. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And that's why I think the manifesting generator strategy is, like, one of the most complex, if not the most complex, because it's almost like you, you either respond to something that the universe is giving you, or you get an urge. So it's like an either or, because you have both. Yeah. And then you... Uh, check in with your, you know, you check in with your sacral response and you wait out your emotional wave if you have one to see if that's for you. And then you need to inform everybody around you so that you don't meet resistance. And then you need to get it started. I try I call it like almost like the MG trial run. It's like yes. you need to like trial run. And then you go through the trial run and then there's almost this like epiphany moment or this moment of truth. And it's like you check in with your gut again to see if it's still a yes. And then depending on if it's a yes or a no, you either like continue or you course correct. Um, but That's it's so such a good description. I love that. I wanted to, he- I wanted to hear your thoughts on that too, because obviously you live it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's bang on some, that's bang on and there's actually in the joy pot experience. That's mm-hmm. what I'm feeling right now. Um, there are times, so I've got my, emotional wave is the subtle emotional wave, which is really triggered by like connection or a Mm -hmm. lack of connection. So that isn't always in play, Mm -hmm. like hugely in play. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's interesting. There are other times it's just an urge and go Mm -hmm. and we're all clear. 
everything's yeah. So, so what's interesting about everything you just said is it's bang on and I couldn't even repeat that. And I can't tell you when I'm going to get an urge, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you like when it's about responding. Yeah. I feel like thankfully my body knows what to do. Yeah. You know, I just stay out of like stay out of my head. So get out of my own way. I got this. Oh, I love that. I know. And that's the beautiful thing about human design is that it is, I'm not going to lie, it is a trust exercise, but as you start leaning into it, then you gain your own testimony and you start to gain evidence of how it's working in your life. And then your mind releases that control a little bit at a time. Mm -hmm. Because our mind having control it's such a funny thing. When we look at our human design charts, we've got nine centers. Why have we decided that only the ones up there matter? Like, when did those get, like, star treatment? Or even just the Ajna? Like, when did that... Who decided that that was in charge? Yeah, I think what happened is when we, when we evolved to be... When we evolved as humans we developed such a such an advanced brain and our brains are really interesting because our brains don't have any sensory perception of their own they're just taking in all the sensory experience from all of the other parts of our body but our brain doesn't feel anything our brain just is a processing unit it's a computer and so i think that's enticing for us because the mind is the same way. It doesn't feel, it doesn't really feel anything. It's just processing what everybody else, all the other centers are processing. So it's enticing because you think I'm going to get the most bang for my buck by listening to my mind. But actually, but actually we all have a, a center that is like the head honcho. Like they just know, they just basically are the loudest one. And so if we listen to that one, then we can be in, in more alignment. But um, yeah, it it's a trip. What's your head on show? I am splenic. But also you've got this like super defined root. Yeah. Right? Yeah, which is really interesting because the root center, oh, this would be a good thing to talk about for a second because uh, the root center is all about adrenal pressure and it's like the pressure to get things started on a physical plane. So the crown is on the other, the crown or the head center is on the opposite side of our chart and that's where inspiration comes from. So it's like that's pressure from the top down, whereas root is pressure from the bottom up. And my root center is crazy defined. And a lot of people see me as somebody who's very motivated So when I was first learning about human design, I was like, what's the difference between motivation that comes from the root and motivation that comes from the heart? And what I found is that the root center, it's just pressure. It's not an awareness center. It doesn't care how you use that pressure. It just needs to release that pressure. So for me, like I wake up and almost every morning I need to walk or do yoga or move my body right away because I need to release the pressure. So to me, I could release the pressure all day just moving my body, but I need other people around me who have defined heart centers, who have defined sacral centers, who have their own like desires and their own motivation and their own like tribal awareness 
to like almost direct my root energy to starting the things that the starting the projects that they know that they want to start or they know that would benefit the other people around us because otherwise my root center doesn't care doesn't care how I release the pressure just it just needs it just needs that energy but on the flip side of things like you could have a defined heart center and have the motivation to do something but not have that pressure to get it started. So you need somebody around you. If you don't have a defined route yourself, you need somebody around you with a defined route to almost kind of like give you that little boost, that little, uh, you know, yeah. gas pedal. To yeah. Get it going. And then the crown, do you, is, do you think of that as directed pressure or is that similar to the route? It's pressure and it doesn't care where it's going. Mm, uh, what do you mean by directed pressure? You mean like, does the crown... Um, the way you were talking about the root, like, is just pressure and it doesn't care what it goes into. Mm-hmm. Do you think the crown is like that? Or does the crown have, does it know where it wants its pressure to go? I'm trying to think of how I would explain this. To me, the crown is the opposite. So it it doesn't... It doesn't care how things physically manifest. It just cares that it gets its ideas out, hmm. get, gets its inspiration out. Whereas like the root center just wants to move things around on a physical plane and just wants body movement, but it doesn't have any idea of like how to get it there. That makes sense. And uh, the actually this is an interesting place to go and get into power because mm-hmm. that, that open crown mental pressure is not for us. Mm-hmm. And that's something, so I only have two open centers and I can feel a mental pressure super intensely on like it, they come, it comes mostly as the shoulds. Like for instance, mm-hmm. we had heat advisories mm-hmm. here because it's hot. I'm sure you yeah. have them as well. Yes. And It'll say like, you know, do everything outside before noon. Don't go outside. Don't exercise outside. Like all this stuff. And I'm like, I feel this mental pressure to to try and get everything done as early as possible. Mm-hmm. And I have to like breathe through that, come back down into my body and back into my power and not give my power to this label of the heat advisory while still being smart and responsible. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that too. It's a lot of mental pressure around in the world right now. There is. And I felt like, especially like I'm, I'm, I, I have this temptation to use time, but I have like no concept of time, but I'm going to say like a month ago, it Mm -hmm. felt like the shoulds were just like coming like BB gun pellets. Mm-hmm. Like it was just like, oh my God, there's that should and that should and that should. And I, I actually felt the weight of them on my shoulders. Mm. How do you feel it? <laughs> it's interesting because I love hearing your experience because I have so many open centers that sometimes I really, it takes a lot of careful consideration and inventory to realize where everything's coming from. To me, um, I definitely have taken in the, like the anxieties of the world of like, 
different fears and you know what if th- what if this never happens or what if this what if this happens and all that sort of stuff and that i think is coming more from the ajna yeah. but it also can manifest as like people are having doubts so you're trying to answer everybody's questions which comes from the open crowd uh but yeah that's really that's really interesting yeah i'm lucky in that I can usually pinpoint because I have an open crown and open Ajna. Mm -hmm. So when it's something that's not for me, it's usually coming from my head. Mm. Yeah. And the answer is always to get out of there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just not safe for me to be in my head. Yeah. I find that too, that, you know, it's really easy with human design it's the irony and the great paradox of the system that it's a system that is designed to help us get out of our minds and into our bodies. Yet it's a system that's so intellectual and intriguing and heady that sometimes it does the opposite. And I, I need to catch myself or I catch myself doing that all the time. It's like, nope, Jesse, get out of your head. This isn't about, this isn't about knowing all the small details. It's about listening to your spleen. That's your only job today, Jesse. Listen to your spleen. Yeah. That's pretty much the same conversation that's going on over here. Mm -hmm. But I say listen to your sacral and your spleen. And ride that emotional wave if it comes up. Love that. But really, it's always get back in the body. And when it comes to being heady around human design, I think it's interesting we bet around like numbers of gates and channels mm-hmm. and stuff. And yet there are some that I don't know. Like you say the number and I don't know where that I, I can't picture it, but I'll mm-hmm. be like, Oh, that's the one I other ones. I'm like, Oh, that gate that's right there. I know mm-hmm. where it is on the chart, but I don't necessarily know the number. Yeah. And I think I'm the same things. way. I'm the same way. And I think that's good for people to hear that we're not, you know, we're always learning too. We're on our own journey. And to me, I don't really have it memorized until I attach a story to it. Me neither. A story and until it falls into my body. Yeah. Because I have to embody it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause we're four, we're four, six profiles. So we are the embodiers being that six line. Mm -hmm. And for me again, also being a four, I need to experience it in a relationship or in my network and see it play out in somebody's life for me to fully integrate what that, what that gate means. Me too. Yeah. It's all about relationship. That is how I learn. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I think it's interesting too, to phrase it as relationship because it also feels like it's through personal experience, but relationships are personal experience. Mm. I'm getting heady on that. That's going to make me tired. Let's get out of there. (laughs) (laughs) So um, what have you been shedding? Mm. I honestly had a hangover from giving my authority away. Um, I think from seven years of academia, I have been so conditioned to believe that I need to listen to the experts and that I need to know all the things and do all the things. But you know what? For some people, for the one lines among us, that is really healthy for them. But for me, being a four six and being so far away from that one line, 
that is just not always healthy for me. And I think for a really long time, I was trying to find the balance of, you know, listening to my spleen and listening what was correct for me, but also carrying humility into that experience, knowing that I don't know everything and that I still have so much to learn from other people. Um, so I think I was getting into like almost a guilt cycle where uh, my spleen was telling me not to listen to somebody's advice, professional advice. Um, but my head was telling me that I needed to be humble or I needed to, um, you know, that I could benefit from, from continued learning. Right. And so right now I'm really shedding that idea of, again, just needing to go to the experts for everything. And, oh, it's so funny. I just, I just drew this parallel right now. I was talking to someone yesterday who's also a physical therapist and, and a human design enthusiast. And we were talking about how it always amazes us that in healthcare, people are so willing to give their authority away. Because for both of us, we were reflecting upon how we have always been the people who have known exactly what's right for our health. And we know when a health professional tells us something that feels like truth. And we know when they tell us something that doesn't feel true for us. And we respond according to our own inner authority. And it's so interesting to both of us how people just want to be told what to do. And now that I'm reflecting back on, on and literally having a process about this right now, I'm like, huh, I was doing the same thing, just doing it in this, the setting of business. I was giving my authority away. Did you see that open mouth breath? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, first of all, that... Um, giving your power away in healthcare. Th- this has been um, like a pondering of mine. Mm-hmm. Something I have seen so clearly for so long, and no one else like wants to talk about it. So I love right. that you just brought it up. Yeah. And yes, yes, it's the same thing. Giving away your power in your business. Mm-hmm. When I first when I first graduated from coaching school, like I started out as a marine biologist and I, so I finished coaching school and then people are like, so how are you going to start your business? And I'm like, huh? Like, what do I know about starting a business? So I went to business coaches and because I had this belief that, Oh, I need to know how to do business. And that's something I don't know. Totally seeking authority outside myself again and again and again. And and honestly, like working with these people and then feeling super icky about a lot of the stuff and like undoing a lot of the stuff that I had done with them. And me too, in this, I have the needle in 2020. One of the things I've been shedding is this idea that other people, uh, idea that there's a right way to do things and 100%. that other people are going to rescue me and mm. show me how to do it the right way. Mm. I so relate to that. I, my North node is in Capricorn. My South node is in cancer. So that whole archetype of feeling like I want to be rescued and being the victim is a huge shadow that I've been shedding as well. And I think it's something that's amplified for a lot of people right now, no matter where your nodes are. Um, Because that's what like coronavirus is teaching us. That's what everything right now, that's what 2020 is teaching us. Like, whoa, where are you giving away your power? Mm -hmm. 
And it shows up in little things like me giving my power away to the heat advisory. Totally. Or even just, you know, because we don't have control. There's so much we don't have control over right now in our external world. And so many people are realizing this. And the beautiful thing is that it gives us an opportunity to take inventory and go, okay, where do I have authority over my inner world? Yes, I don't have control over uh, my ability to, you know, my ability to travel or my ability to do a lot of the things that I wanted to do before, but I can choose to be really, I can choose to have an awful experience around that or I can choose to have a positive experience around it. Yeah, you can, there are many ways to travel while not traveling physically. Mm -hmm. And it's not the same, but it can be equally abundant and magical. Mm-hmm. We've got to wrap this up. So let's finish up with you reminding us where we can find you mm-hmm. and what you're up to these days. Yeah. So you can find me at Joyfully Human on Instagram. Um, you can also find me at uh, my website joyfullyhuman.online um i am in the process of combining forces with my best friend and business partner wind uh wind whacker who's also a human design specialist so we are building some juicy courses for you guys and um probably this is going to be the first place that anybody hears about this but we are building a 10-week challenge to live by your design we're just going to be packed with so much incredible stuff. Um, you know, lessons on uh, very specific lessons on different aspects of the human design, and then also practical applications, how to implement that into your life and sort of practices that you can do to uh, strengthen your inner authority, including breath work and meditations and things like that too. So that's very exciting. And um I love that you're incorporating breath work into that. Yeah. Remember, I knew you were going to be teaching breath work. Yeah, Kelsey, Kelsey, I heard it from her first. <laughs> that gate 57, man. I heard it from her first. And um, I think one thing that's coming up for me right now that I just, I feel like I need to share is that another thing that I've really been not necessarily shutting, but pivoting my perspective on is I'm so, so grateful for everything that I get to do right now because as a physical therapist for years I felt like I had to focus on everything that was wrong in human design I get to focus on everything that's right that is so beautiful thank you That's it. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Jessie. Please head over to Instagram and follow her. She's at joyfully human on the gram. Now, if you want to be one of the first people to know when I have a new offer, like the human design play dates, head over to kelseyabbott.com slash love notes. You will sign up for my email list. So you'll get first dibs on knowing about things like the human design play dates, but you will also get a love note for your human design energy type. You'll also get the love notes for all of the energy types so you can share with your friends. You guys, if you want to support the Find Your Awesome podcast, I would appreciate it so much. You can do that by sharing all your favorite episodes, share it with your people, share it on social media, just 
share it everywhere and head over to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and a review. That really helps people find us. Thank you so much. Go forth and be awesome.